Ron Deal says he has talked with a lot of people who have been through a difficult first marriage that came to an end and have been in too big a hurry to find someone else and marry again. You know, we met on eHarmony, and we've met face-to-face once. We live on opposite sides of the universe. But that's not going to be a problem for us. You know, we're in love. eHarmony says we're a match. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Slow down. That hurried, desperate need to be together with somebody is telling you something about yourself. You need to come to terms with that and, and get objective about it so that it's not driving you into a decision that wouldn't be a wise one. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. Marrying a second time, becoming a stepdad, it's a huge challenge. Today, Ron Deal helps you think through whether you're up to the challenge or whether you need to press pause for a little bit. Stay tuned. Welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. I'm wondering why Ron Deal put, um, I think these are Doc Martens on the front of his book, Para Loafers, but I, I think they're Doc Martens. And that yellow stitching around the top in the characteristic of the Doc Martin, do you know? Ron? I don't have a clue. <laughs> You got to be careful around Bob. I'm telling you, he, he's tough on. Did you. you pick the shoes for the cover of the book? I did not pick the shoes. I, I influenced. I, I know which ones I did not pick. Okay. But <laughs> every the, author knows about that. All right. the covers, all the covers you reject. Is, no doubt about is the that. idea here that if you're going to be a smart stepdad, you got some big shoes to step into? Is that the idea? That and yeah, yes, and in a way, you're also stepping into somebody else's shoes, but. That person's already in their shoes, and it gets a little confusing. All right. Okay. And so you, you challenge a stepdad. You say, steps to help you succeed. Mm. You really have a heart for stepdads. By the way, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. It's Sorry great to we critiqued your cover right, <laughs> off, right off the start. What's a right. critique? I was just curious. Oh, about you, you were critiquing it, Bob. Don't, don't give <laughs> The it, shoes do look a little scuffed up, too, I think. Ron but. Deal is the founder of Successful Step Parents. He is an author, a speaker. He and his wife, Nan, and their sons live in Amarillo, Texas. And he has written the book, The Smart Stepdad. Um, I didn't realize this, Bob, but 16.5 million men are stepdads today. That's a big chunk of the population. 16% of all men will bear this title. Mm-hmm. So you're talking to millions of men who step into these shoes, right. and they're going to find it's much more difficult to do this thing called being a stepfather than they ever imagined. And many of them have the biggest hearts in the world, and they come in and they want to be the hero. You know, they want to do a good job. And God bless them for having the heart for that. Sometimes what they experience when they get there is it's kind of like a first day on a new job, uh, and people didn't know you were showing up, and they really rather wish the other guy was here instead of you and his name is still on the door mm-hmm. that you're moving into his office and, uh, and and you're really unclear what performing well on the job would look like. How do I hit the bullseye here mm-hmm. in my new job? And, mm-hmm. and it's unclear and some people are telling you it looks like this and other people are telling you it looks like this and you're thinking, well, who's on my team and who's not on my team? And all of that 
confusion uh, hits hits stepdads pretty quickly. Well, and you add to that, it may be that in your last job, uh, things didn't go so well, mm. and and there were challenges, and there's still some anger and bitterness from the the previous place you used to work that left you feeling a little insecure about your role in the first place, and now here you are stepping into the new assignment, you got to acknowledge when you step into a role as either a stepmom or a stepdad, you have to acknowledge that uh, there's some stuff in this pot of stew that you have been cooking up here that's going to have to be dealt with. Yeah, and an application of what you just said about the former job, I mean, many stepdads are biological dads. They have their own children, and they may live with them or they may not. They may be here on a part-time basis, and so really you kind of have two jobs, and one of those jobs is very clear. It's very clear what it is to be the dad, Mm -hmm. but it's just not so clear to be the stepdad, and that's what we want to do with this book is offer them direction. As human beings, we tend to be idealistic Mm. And we enter into this new relationship. There's a honeymoon. And yeah, yeah we've maybe we did go through something where we experienced divorce in the past. And we've got that, that set of bags that we bring into the, the marriage relationship like we're talking about here. But don't you find that as couples form blended families, that they have some unreal expectations mm-hmm. about how it's going to work? Absolutely. Absolutely. The The expectations are, you know, built on the fantasy. And, and really, we need the fantasy. We need the dream because <laughs> there's a lot of risks in life we wouldn't take if we didn't have a dream wrapped around it. And I think that's often true about remarriage, about becoming a step-parent. And the dream isn't necessarily bad or wrong. I, I want stepdads and step-parents to hold on to that dream. But at the same time, it needs to be tempered with reality. It needs to be tempered with truth about their circumstances. And then, then as they step this out, they're going to make better choices. Well, if, if you grew up in the generation that watched The Brady Bunch... I mean, is that not the quintessential definable right. step family? Ab- absolutely. Or you rented the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours, mm-hmm. and you thought, well, okay, so they make it work. And, and you forget the fact that somebody had to write lines for them, and somebody had to create scenarios for them, and that that's fiction, and that real life can be a little more complicated and a little more confusing. And the storyline isn't over in two hours. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we believe in love in our culture, and, and I'm glad that we do. We, we really do think love is going to conquer all, and we think that if, if our love is pure enough and a man and woman come together, that the children will come together as well around that. And, and sometimes that's true, and sometimes, well, more often than is the case, it's true eventually. It's just not true immediately. And it's that period of disillusionment that really is a barrier for a lot of people. I want to ask you, I want to take you all the way back to kind of the headwaters of of somebody who is considering uh, a remarriage situation. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the scenario. This is somebody who was previously married and for whatever reason will say with, with their best intentions, things did not go well, his spouse left. Uh, he's he's spent a couple of years. It's been hard, lonely, hurting. Met a gal, fell head over heels. Thought he could never feel this way again. Mm-hmm. He comes to you and he says, "I'm at the point where I'm thinking about uh, whether this should go further." But I, I guess my first question for you is, I want to know if I'm ready. Have, have I gone through whatever it is I need to go through so that next time I can do a better job than last time? How would you coach a, a guy like that? 
Well, one of the things I would say to him is, uh, I love your heart. I love your caution. I love the fact that you're wanting to learn and grow and understand and get perspective before you make decisions and, then, and not make them rashly. The other thing I would say to him is, on the other side of that is a truth that I have come to believe, and that's nothing really gets you ready for marriage. Marriage gets you ready for marriage. <laughs> and unfortunately, what that means is we make our commitments, and then life teaches us what we committed ourselves to. And so on some level, we'll never know exactly what is going to be required of us. And that's the surprise of marriage. And I also think that's God's tool to shape us and mold us into the image of Christ. We didn't know what sacrifices we were going to have to make when we got married, but life teaches us what those look like. And then we do the best we can to try to live up to that. And so on some level, I want that future potential stepdad to really take a good, long, hard look at what being a stepdad involves. And on another level, all of us need to admit that we're never going to know exactly what's going to be required of him in his circumstances. And so there is a step of faith. There is a point of saying there's a risk here and I'm willing to meet that risk. And therefore I choose to step in. And that choice, as it turns out, is incredibly powerful. It's kind of like the choice of following Christ. You know, I mean, do we really know what's going to be required of us? No, we don't know. But we step in with faith and then we say, God, teach me. And take me where I where I need to be. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking about as you were kind of unpacking that. I was thinking, you know, seems like Jesus' words about mm-hmm. him saying, "What man who wants to be my disciple does not first count the cost." Yeah, yeah. And and think about whether he's able to take on this weight, this responsibility. And I think to that person, as Bob's describing here, who's still on the the front end of this, another thing I'd encourage him to do, uh, that it sounds like he's doing if he's coming to you for advice, by the way, mm-hmm. is to ask God for wisdom mm-hmm. as he Absolutely. moves into this relationship with this woman. Secondly, as he moves into these multiple relationships with children, some of whom are already his, some of whom aren't his, and some of whom in the future may be theirs. Yes, right. I mean, the dynamics of this thing. Right. Yeah, right. And, and you stop and, and pull it all apart. The, statistically, he's stepping into something that is more fraught with danger than his first marriage was. Mm-hmm. Right. Statistically, there's more chance that he'll get a divorce from the second wife than there was that he'd get a divorce from the first wife. Right. Not only that, but the degree of difficulty has just been increased by virtue of all of these relationships that Dennis is talking about. So I'm going to do something harder that ha- that is fraught with more difficulty and I didn't it didn't go so well my first time out. You can see where a guy would go, I need to think this through pretty right. clearly. And, and absolutely. Slow down and slow the pace of the courtship phase. That's one of the words that I would want to give to any couple. You may be ready as a couple, but it's a much more difficult thing to be a family than it is to be a couple. And so you have to say, this is a package deal. Let's pause. Let's prolong our courtship. Let's really get to know each other well. But let's also get some perspective and information about about the blended family and what this might look like. And, you know, here's the thing that it's hard for couples to hear this, but I, but I think it, there's wisdom in this. If you don't think that you're cut out for the step-parent journey, it ought to be a deal-breaker for a couple's relationship. 
Uh, that's hard to hear. But we're in love. We we took our online couple checkup profile, and it says we're compatible. And mm-hmm. there's so much going for us in our relationship. Yeah, but let me stop you right there because I, I can almost picture a guy who's about to become a stepdad going, I just I just like her. She, mm-hmm. I like the way yeah. she makes me feel. Yeah. And I wouldn't say he would lie to her, but love does make us a bit dishonest, mm-hmm. does it not? We, it does. We, we tend to put our best foot forward. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to that guy who has a gnawing feeling in the back of his mind back here? I don't know if I can do this thing or not. Yeah. I mean, those are just kind of some of the realities that I would want him to really own with himself. And I think, you know, to have the courage to take that to her. And discuss it as a, as a couple. And say, this, you know, this is where I'm at. And would, you know, be patient with me as we try to move forward. And what about the distance between when the divorce has occurred and when this dating relationship started? Mm-hmm. Any cautions or yeah. red lights that you'd want to just... Uh... Absolutely. Uh, men marry quickly after divorce or after being widowed. It is not good for man to be alone. And, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> men tend to marry more quickly than women do. And I do think that that's a caution, that a man who's listening to us right now should stop and think, okay, what, what is driving me to push this relationship forward? You know, In my thoughts, I'm, I'm obsessed with this woman. She's great. She's wonderful. And, and I'm kind of saying, oh, the stuff with the kids will be fine. And I'm minimizing that stuff as if it's nothing. When really, Ron's telling me it's something. Why, what is that about within me and if a woman's listening right now she's dating a guy she knows a friend who's dating a guy and he's you know we met on eHarmony and we've met face to face once we live on opposite sides of the universe which by the way I'm hearing from these couples all the time oh she has kids and now he has kids and we're just, but that's not going to be a problem for us you know we're in love eHarmony says we're a match Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Slow down, Mm -hmm. slow down. That hurried, desperate need to be together with somebody is telling you something about yourself. And you really need to take that to heart and listen to that. There's a need there, perhaps an insecurity there, perhaps um, just a sense of, you know, fish out of water, whatever that is. You need to come to terms with that and and get objective about it so that it's not driving you into a decision that wouldn't be a wise one. A number of years ago, Bob and I interviewed Gary Richmond, who had a a very uh, vibrant ministry to remarrieds and blendeds uh, at uh, First Evangelical Free in Fullerton, California. And uh, I remember he used to say, for every five years you have been married— uh, you should allow one year to recover after the divorce. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you'd been married for 20, you should take four years to recover uh, before really considering remarrying. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to dive in there because I it, it seems to me that there's some significant spiritual work that needs to go on in somebody's life in that period from the end of a first marriage to the point where they're thinking about a second marriage, mm. some issues that need to get unearthed spiritually uh, and be dealt with spiritually. But I'm not sure I could put my finger on exactly what those were. What, what would you point somebody to in the midst of that? Well, in general, let me just say that I, I do recommend that that people really have a period of grieving and of coming to some resolution about a previous relationship, especially if it comes to an end in divorce. I, this is also true for somebody who loses a spouse through death. You, you, you do need to grieve. You do need to give yourself time and space to do that. And new relationships short-circuit that grieving process. 
How much time? Hmm. That's so difficult to say. You know, a rule of thumb for every so many years. Early in my career, I gave people time limits. You know, I said, you need to wait this long. And, and now I've learned that life's more complex than that. And it's difficult to know. And, and for example, uh, David Olson and I did a, a research study on remarriage relationships. We wrote a book called The Remarriage Checkup all about this. And one of the things that we found is that the couple's relationship can actually be just as strong six months into dating as it can be three years into dating. Mm. Now, that does not take into consideration the children or the ex-spouses or how that's going to create stress on the couple once they get married. So there's a whole lot of other factors here. But amount of time in courtship doesn't seem to be a real big factor in terms of quality of couple relationship. Having said that, though, I still think the more time people spend coming out of a relationship, especially a divorce, and allowing themselves to grieve and work through and resolve and ask those tough spiritual questions and get their heart right with God. If, if, if there's a sin issue that led to the divorce, they need to deal with that and not just skip over it and try to move on to the next relation. They need to deal with that. And then once they enter into a new relationship, I'll just spend a couple of years really at a pace that allows them not only to develop coupleness, but if you will, familyness. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's confidence when you move into the next relationship. See, confidence is huge because people who go into blended family marriages have, most of them have been through something that was pretty devastating. They've been through hurt. They've been through, the pastor says marriage is forever, but life has taught them it's not. And so how do I gain confidence about this new marriage instead of living in fear? That's what that courtship, that extended courtship time helps to build. Let me take you back, though, to the kind of the spiritual unearthing that needs to happen in somebody's life. How do you do an inventory to to figure out whether your walk with God is at the right point where you can really begin to to do marriage right. Because as as we tell people all the time, if you don't have that relationship, your relationship with God right, your relationships with one another aren't going to work out. Mm-hmm. What what kind of spiritual process does somebody go through just to say, okay, I, I just want to make sure that having gone through something that I never in, expected or hoped for, that I know God hates divorce and I've been through one, mm-hmm. How do I deal with all of this and make sure I'm good with God before before I go forward? I think it's a multifaceted thing. And by the way, since we're talking about stepdads today, and, and you're wanting to have that spiritual integrity coming out of the divorce to be able to go in and be a leader in the new marriage and family, this makes your question even more critical. So multifaceted. I think he needs to get one or two accountability buddies that he can really talk turkey with, and they'll speak into his life about what they have seen in him and how he's lived and his choices, and even now how he's coping parenting with his ex-wife and whether that's showing integrity or not. I think going through a, some sort of structured program, a divorce care or divorce recovery ministry in his church that allows him to listen to other people, see some experts talk about things, study and, and really give time and energy to resolving, reflecting, looking in the mirror. And then certainly that, that just that personal talk and walk with the Lord and listening to the Spirit's leading in his life. I, I think all of those things together would, would help bring somebody to a place where they feel like, okay, I've learned what I need to learn, and I think I'm ready to carry that into the next season of my life. And if that happens to be a new relationship, great. And if it's not, then that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ron, I want to make sure I've, I've, I've really gotten your advice down here because uh, – 
I think this decision is of the utmost importance, mm-hmm. all right? Number one, uh, first of all, seek God and ask Him for wisdom. You've just been through something really tough. It, it must begin in your own relationship with God, and that means also a ruthless examination of your own life, of what wasn't right, perhaps in the previous relationship, if that's mm-hmm. how you end up at this point. Secondly, seek wise counsel. As you mentioned, accountability partners that will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Right. And then listen carefully. You know, it's, it's interesting. When the love bug bites, it, it just completely short circuits our brain. It does. We just filter everything through it, and we think, oh, it'll be different. It'll be different next time. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna learn the lessons, and, and I'll be. Oh, we just think this feels so good. Oh, it does. Yeah, right. It, it does. Third, discuss expectations together. Mm-hmm. And I hear you saying that is extremely important. As a stepdad coming into a, a new relationship, talk about what that means, what that's going to look like, how you relate, and uh, all the variables that surround that relationship. And finally, fourth. Uh, you didn't mention this word, but you talked all the way around it. You, mm. you talked about moving forward, what's going to create safety and security? And that is the word covenant mm. and commitment. Marriage is a covenant between three, yeah. a man and a woman and their God. And I talk about uh, when it gets tough, what are we going to do? Is the D word ever going to be used right. in this relationship? Because... I promise you, however tough the previous relationship was, it's back to Bob mentioning that it's more difficult to make the stepfamily work and go the distance than it is the first marriage. Uh, I promise you there will be challenges, and you're going to need to stick by the promise that you make to one another and your God. Yeah, I, I think that there's a, a tendency that all of us have to to locate our problems outside of ourselves instead of inside of ourselves to see whatever the challenge we're facing as as a problem with how someone else has has uh, reacted and to minimize our own part in in any issue and that's why as you step into a stepfathering assignment that the wise man really pulls back and says okay what what are the things i did or didn't do in my first marriage that may have been a factor here because your your spouse may have done a ton. I'm I'm not discounting that. But it's likely that there was some part you played as well and if you don't address that that can come back to bite you. And I think to have a a guidebook like the one that Ron has put together, uh, the smart stepdad is just a part of that process to help you uh, look first at your own life, your own heart before you ever start to dig into uh, some of the challenges that stepdads face. Uh, I want to encourage you, if, uh, if you've taken on the assignment of being a stepdad, or if it's something you're thinking about, get a copy of Ron Deal's book, The Smart Stepdad. Go to familylifetoday.com. We've got copies in our Family Life Today Resource Center. FamilyLifeToday.com is our website. You can also call to request a copy of the book. 1-800-FL-TODAY is the number. 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. When you get in touch with us, we'll let you know how you can get a copy of Ron Deal's book, The Smart Stepdad. And we want to encourage you to join us back tomorrow when we're going to talk about some of the very specific challenges that stepdads face 
as they step into that new assignment. I hope you can join us. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We will see you back tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.